0: welcome to the six degrees of john keel podcast i'm one of your hosts barbara fisher and tonight with me we have morgana she's here <laughs> she's here everybody be happy <laughs> she uh she's here she's gonna be back it, it'll be cool you'll see i i have but way with fewer tonight, classes next semester <laughs> yes she does and you know what she's gonna graduate so
1: yay
0: yay All right, so we have a guest tonight. You're not going to just listen to the two of us blather. We have a Mr. Mike Pingleton, and he is a herpetologist, which is super, super cool. Um, And he has a podcast about herpetology called So Much Pingle, and I'm excited to hear what he has to say. And so here he is. Hi, Mike.
2: Hi, Barbara. It's great to be on the show great to have great you. great to talk to you too
0: yeah it's exciting
2: it is and uh, I, I told you this off mic too but I, I just and the show is superb it's so lovingly crafted the artwork just blows my mind um i mean you guys really put a lot of effort into it and it's just it's just wonderful
0: well thank you thank you i love your pictures on instagram you have the best <laughs> reptile and amphibian <laughs> pictures, and I like to paint frogs, so it's, like, so exciting.
2: Oh, I should post more frogs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> frogs I, and toads are my favorites. I personally love yeah. frogs. Um, so Yeah, you should explain that.
3: I was given the nickname Frog Stalker as a very young child after diving under a hollow log in a creek bed after a bullfrog and catching it. I came out from the other side covered in mud and water, holding it in both hands, going, "I got it!" Um, yes, and I still catch frogs. Uh, we
2: we totally get each other then because that's <laughs> yeah. that's just that's a beautiful thing. Um,
3: yeah. I figured out how to catch spring peepers last year barehanded and was very proud of myself. Oh.
2: Oh, I'm just, I'm just, it's great to be talking to people who know what spring peepers are.
3: <laughs> I love the peepers. <laughs> They're the best part of spring, them and the fireflies.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I should also explain that I, I'm not technically a herpetologist uh, by trade. Um, I, I'm i very much interested in herpetology, but... Uh, I'm retired, but what I did for a living, I was, I worked in computer operations and uh, operations management uh, at the University of Illinois. And herpetology was my, the thing I did when I wasn't working. Uh, Still is, Uh, you know, I just have a lot more time for it now, but uh, yeah. So uh, herpetology podcast. So I talked to uh, herpetologists who are, you know, the real ones (laughs) and uh, you know, other people who like to uh, do uh, like Morgana and dive under logs for (laughs) frogs and so I talked to my fair share of those people as well. So. And I'm involved in some uh, community science projects, kind of like eBird and uh, iNaturalist. Uh, we have one called Mapper that I'm involved with, and uh, I spent a lot of time with that project as well. So, yeah, herpetology is sort of, sort of the thing, I, um, my main thing uh, since I was 12 years old. So
0: I dig it. Yeah, that's, that's, to me, that's completely awesome. I spent many, many springs and summers at my grandparents' farm down in the pond picking up little tiny, just hatched baby toads and just transformed baby frogs and little tiny tadpoles and bullfrog tadpoles and. It was great. Yeah, I, I did all that, them. but I
3: also caught entire whole ass black snakes and tried to bring them into the house with my grandmother, who was afraid of snakes.
0: Um, yeah, my mom would not like that. That Did not go over well.
3: <laughs> this just keeps getting
2: better and better all the time.
3: <laughs> the black yeah. snake was. Well, I, I think
2: it's it's. Well, okay, good. That, that's that's good. So yeah, um, but I, I think the thing with the frogs and the toads and. You know they're they're sort of the uh, one of the one of the many harbingers of spring. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, late winter, you know, things are on the upswing when you start hearing frogs. Yeah, and it's a good just a a good excuse for going out into the woods late winter, early spring, just to to hear the peepers or, or whatever else is going yep. on out there. So, yep, get you outdoors
3: and the salamander marching, which oh yeah, we have salamander marches here. Yeah there's a road so nearby actually pretty nearby my house um that all the salamanders come down into their breeding pools across and so everybody if you know about it you know you'll go out with a flashlight and you can see a bunch of different people with flashlights and like well, little waterproof boots on just carefully looking for salamanders and like you know, making
0: sure they don't get hit by cars. Well, and, and
3: just, you know, figuring out what species at the are out there going,
0: Whoa,
2: <laughs> I'm sitting here listening to this. I'm like, these two are, they're me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I, I've done that very thing. Uh, getting out on a, a chilly night, rainy night and, and, uh, look for salamanders. And like you say, with the boots and the, the flashlight and that, and, uh, out with in the woods with the owls yep. and uh, other crazy sounds out there. I was never oh, so yeah.
3: happy as when I found a salamander and my boyfriend and I went out salamander hunting and I scooped, I m- m- got my hand wet, scooped him up and went, "Look what I found!" And the first thing my boyfriend said was, "Good job, that's toxic." <laughs> <laughs> well, because yeah, he's just, an actual environmental you know. biology person, and I'm I'm oh, humanities, he is. Okay. so I don't know. <laughs>
2: All right. Wow, that sounds like an amazing team right here.
3: <laughs> and I looked at it, and I looked at him, and I said, "Am I going to die?" I said, "Only if you eat it." But I would put it down.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a great you know, newts are very highly toxic, and mm-hmm. um, you know they get you know the newts are always associated with you know the, the classic witch thing, and and uh, there's a, uh, this the the coffee pot story about the uh, you know the the person's out camping. Or, or, maybe they're out living in the wilderness, and they've they've got a coffee pot, and uh, the the lid is off, and, and a newt crawls inside the coffee pot, and then they, the coffee gets made with the newt, and of course the 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 person kicks off because they've they've basically drink you know, newt water.
3: Poor newt. Newt
2: water, yeah. So
3: yeah, I mean, poor, poor person guy. too. But being turned yeah. into coffee can't yeah. be a pleasant experience.
2: <laughs> no. I imagine not, but yeah, that's sort of a classic story that gets passed around in in the uh, herpetology world, or as we call it, the herp world. So, see, so you see that you hear that story a lot. So, I believe
0: it. And since coffee's bitter, yeah, you wouldn't, wouldn't notice be able to taste the alkaloid really necessarily. Yeah. That's sad. For yeah, all I have friends know. who who want to lick toads for the hallucinogenic effects, but I I I think they're they're dumb there's so many other ways to to do that and leave toads alone yeah and uh, there's really for that
2: yeah and, and it's not every toad has the the same hallucinogenic uh compound too though that people are looking for something similar to i think it's called dmt yep and uh, there's a, a really large toad out in the desert southwest that has a, a natural version of DMT that it produces in its, uh, its uh, ven- or poison glands, if you will. Uh, and so that toad is uh, exploited for that, for that reason. Uh, but that, you know, DMT is also made in the lab, so...
0: Yeah, stop uh, harassing the toads.
2: <laughs> exactly. Leave the toads around and, you know, get the, get the factory stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So... We, we wanted you to come on, not just because, you know, we like talking about uh, real live herps and amphibians, though we do, and we could talk for hours about them. We are also interested in cryptid creatures of that nature. And uh, since we're in Ohio, of course, everyone's heard of the Loveland Frogmen, so I know that you looked, looked into that and that, that's a fantastic story.
2: Yeah. And that's one, I, um, it's, it's been on my, how you say, what would you say? It's been on my mind for a while. Yeah. Uh, and I, I recently read, uh, Zelia Edgar's book. Uh, what is it called? Uh, not, uh, just another, um, tinfoil, the tinfoil hat, hat book. Presents. I cannot get the name of that tinfoil hat presents. Yes. Uh, which is an excellent book, uh, by the way. But uh, I, I picked up a copy of that, and, and there's the Loveland Frog uh, story in there again. Uh, in the past, when I've seen this story talked about, it's been kind of vague, and, and the details are kind of sketchy. So I don't know where she got all the details, but uh, Zilia has a number of details I've never seen anywhere else about in that story, uh, which kind of flesh it out and make it, to me, it makes it, extra special um, and uh, you know I I think um, most stories that you know there's been a number of sightings of this fr- this this creature it's um, a bipedal uh, frog like animal has a like a frog type head big uh, bulgy eyes and a a long thin mouth without any lips and um, some Accounts say it has uh, webbed hands and webbed feet and and things like that. So um, most of the accounts you read center on uh, uh, s- some sightings that happened to the local policemen. And this is going back into I think the mid or early seventies, nineteen seventy-two, I think it is. Yeah. And uh, so they, there's there sightings from from those two gentlemen, but uh, there was an earlier sighting, and I believe it was back in the fifties, nineteen fifty-five. Fifty-five, yeah. And there's a a, a a gentleman who I think he was like a, a like a diner cook or a short order cook or something like that. And he was off work. It was late, you know, early morning, two or three o'clock in the morning, and he's driving along and and through Lo- uh, Loveland. And of course, this town has the a river running through it, the, the Little Miami River. Uh, and so he's driving on I think the river road that runs alongside it, and he sees uh, three he what he thinks are three people standing on the side of the road and he he thinks that they're 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 praying or something he's not quite sure what they're doing and, uh, when he gets closer to them that they, they're not actually people at all they're these three uh, creatures and he describes them as i've described them you know with a bipedal with a uh, weird frog-like faces and, and so on and so forth. And he also, this is amazing to me because uh, in in Zelia's version, she brings all these extra details out, of like the uh, the fact that uh, one arm was longer than the other. Yeah, um, I remember reading that. the 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 chest or the abdomen the the uh, torso was um, also oddly shaped. One side was larger than the other, and so. He managed to get, he stopped his car uh, quite close to these creatures and uh, got out of his car and approached them. He got within like 10 feet of these things. And uh, as, as you know, as in these stories and these stories, <laughs> you know how these stories go, it's a common theme. Something told him not to come any closer.
0: Yeah, right.
2: Right. It's this, it's maybe it's a, it's just a feeling or something. So he stopped. Uh, and, uh, but, but he got that close to these things and they, they were, um, they seemed to be engaged in some sort of activity. And one of them had something like a, a rod or a chain or something that was emitting sparks. So it was, it's just, you know, totally bizarre. And I can't imagine in 19, put myself into 1955. How, how would I, how would my brain, you know, find context for any of this? Uh, I can't imagine what, what this gentleman felt, uh, and, and why he even got out of the car, but he did so that there's this, you know, there, Mr. Lead frog guy is waving around a rod and there's sparks coming up from it. And, and, um, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's only frightened later. He decides after a while that he needs to leave to find somebody else to, who could, who could witness it. So he could prove that he actually saw this. And, uh, after he had left, he had he had sort of got uh, like a mental smackdown from the whole thing. It just sort of caught up with him, and uh, he ended up going to the police station and reporting it to police. So, so that initial sighting is is just uh, uh, kind of amazing to me. It's like, well, he pulls up, gets out of the car, just wants to see what's going on with these guys. Doesn't seem to be afraid at all, and then only later does he realize there. You know, this is completely uh but, you know completely bizarre thing that's happened to him so that's that's in nineteen fifty five as you say and then uh it, it sort of becomes uh you know the news of that gets all over town and then there's all kinds of versions of the story and it becomes sort of an urban legend if you will right uh and then later in nineteen seventy two there's a, a same sort of scenario overnight a policeman is driving late at night uh on a river road. I'm not sure it was the same place or close by, but uh, he sees a a bipedal frog creature, frog, the Frogman, uh, go across the road in front of his car, and uh, and then uh, he's he stops and and it goes over the the guardrail. Uh, so. It's it's a little sketchy to me what happens next, but I think he he goes to the station and he reports what he saw. So the, and that gets around town too. Of course, you know, small town or at that time it's a small town. This is the, I guess it's more or less a suburb of Cincinnati now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the time it was you know kind of a, its own little entity there. And uh, so he <laughs> he reports it and, and it gets around. And then two weeks later a different policeman has the same experience. He sees something lying on the road and he thinks it's some sort of roadkill. So he goes to uh, stop and, and see what it is and maybe drag it off the road or whatever. And uh, this thing jumps up and it's again, it's a bipedal uh, frog cre- frogman, And uh, it runs across the road again and he takes a shot at it Uh but he reports he just took a shot at it. He didn't say he hit it or anything. Goes over the rail and it down to the river. So uh, here, here we have uh, two policemen that, you know, sort of have corroborate. One corroborates the other. And so uh, I thought that was um, interesting. And, of course, most of the stories, you, if you go online and read about this, that's the stories that get told the most. Or that's the, the center of attention of the two policemen. and the initial sighting kind of gets underplayed, Mm -hmm. I think a little bit. Yeah,
3: Well, policemen are Um, quote unquote, you know, more of a reliable witness than just a normal Joe off the street in. Supposedly how people think of witnesses to paranormal events. I don't think they're any more or less reliable, really. Um, I think the only way a policeman would be more reliable is they are trained to remember
0: details better. Or they're supposed to be yes yeah they're yeah. supposed to be trained observers
2: right right and but again uh it's it's one thing to be a trained observer uh when you've got a, a drunk driver or yeah. you, know, you know something <laughs> something in within your normal frame of reference
3: what do you do with <laughs> like giant frog but, people <laughs> like.
2: yeah i I'm you know I'm not gonna I'm just going to say that uh, I'm sure for a policeman, it's got to be just as gobsmacking as, is you know, a short order yeah. cook.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I would yeah. think so.
2: And I think it's interesting too. There's a little wrinkle with the policeman thing because later on, much later, uh, the second policeman comes forward and, and not doesn't recant his story, but he changes the story and he says, uh, well, I what well, I did see something and I did shoot shoot at something and but I I hit it and it it was an iguana,
0: oh yeah that's this is right.
2: Where, this is where they there the reptile was a, an component escaped pet
0: iguana or something.
2: Yeah, uh, that had lost its tail, and that's what I shot and uh, I put it in my trunk of my car and I disposed of it or something and he showed he showed it to the first policeman and and said and the first policeman apparently or allegedly corroborated the story, so. Uh, so that kind of gets reported. Okay, it was just a uh, an iguana. <laughs> well, but, um, okay. I, I think you know if <laughs> if you're a fan, if you're a fan of the frogmen like me, uh, a couple things stand out. Uh, Tail or not, iguanas aren't bipedal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. No. They're uh, certainly not human a, sized. They can be. No, it, it, if you
3: give them long enough and they're the right species of iguana, they can get pretty big. Not in
0: Ohio. Yeah. Not in Ohio, no. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and, and Ohio in March, yeah, too. They wouldn't, this is a yeah, March they'd be frame. so sluggish. Exactly. Yeah, you guys, are, you guys are onto this. So the other thing with it, iguanas lose their tails on occasion, but they, they never lose their whole tail. They lose sections of their tail. You know, the, the, the parts further down the tail. The, the part of the iguana tail closer to the body is very firmly attached. You 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 could uh, you could not break off the tail so that the that you would have a tailless iguana without doing that animal serious harm. Uh, so th- that story, it's it just seems to me like this guy um, he didn't want this notoriety to follow him, um, you know, any longer, uh, or perhaps past his time. So he decided he needed a plausible story. Uh, to, to explain this way. That's that's kind of the way I look at it. It's like, well, I don't know. And if you know, if you don't know an iguana from a frogman, maybe it, it sounds plausible. But uh, uh, to me, it seems like, well that's kind of an excuse yeah. to, or a, just a story. Well, it's like but, the
3: uh, alien big cat sightings in England will be attributed to like, well, maybe somebody's got a pet jaguar or something escaped from the zoo. And I'm like how long ago and could it live there for that long? And I'm pretty sure that the winters in Britain are not like the winters in South, South America. America or in Africa. So yes. <laughs> I don't see melanistic. Yeah. Jaguars and why don't or you see spotty cats? And why aren't there spotty cats? If they, Cause there'd have to be a breeding population at this point. Cause people keep seeing them. So yeah, yeah people like to conflate exactly. Normal animals that are extraordinary because to me, I, you know, I visit my grandparents in Miami sometimes and seeing some of the iguanas down there in the zoos and the botanical gardens where they're like six feet long. That is an amazing animal that if you didn't know what an iguana was, you would look at that and think it was something magical almost or out of a dinosaur, but not a frogman. But it doesn't look right. anything like a person. It doesn't look like a frogman. It looks like a very large lizard.
2: Yes, and it's horizontal.
3: Yes, and they don't. Yeah. They, they yeah. don't. They stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't have the legs to stand. They have the lizard legs that yeah. go out to the side. Which.
2: Yeah, so well, you know, they always these these stories of escaped animals. They you know they they call them out of, out of place species, right? The uh, the, yeah. the oops. Uh, stories. And so it seems to me this, you know, the, the officer tried to change this from a WTF story to an oops story. (laughs) Yes.
0: He'd rather have an oops than a, than a WTF (laughs) apparently.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so that, that's, to me, that's just like amazing. And the other part of it, there's a, there's like this epilogue to it or or yet another thing that happened in 20, I think it was 2016, uh, uh, a young man and his girlfriend are out at night uh, at, a, at a lake near the river, the, uh, like Oxbow Lake or something near the river, and they're playing uh, Pokemon Go. <laughs> so, And they spot the, the Loveland Frogman. It's in the water. Uh, and at first... Uh, they thought it was a extremely large frog sitting in the water until it stood up. Oh dear. And, <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, both of them have their phones out. And so uh, the young man uh, takes a little short video of, of what he, what they're looking at. And uh, it's, I think it's like a 12 second clip and it's, it's all over YouTube and, and things. If you just look for Love one frog, man, um, and it, it's, it's kind of in- interesting. You, you, you see this dark shape. It, it's sort of, um, uh, like a, almost like a tall, like, like, like your hat. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of shaped like your witchy hat there. <laughs> and it has these two large white, uh, eyes that are glowing white. And, and, uh, you know, they're, they're not round. They're sort of elliptical. But they're they're just glowing back white, which is it's kind of interesting. But but I always look at that and I think, well, uh, you know, people will say, well, that's just it is just a frog. Um, but but when you shine a light on a frog, as you probably already know, it doesn't really glow back bright white at you. It has a, a, a reddish mm-hmm, color yep. or an orangish color, something like that, because frogs have the uh, the uh, layer of tissue in their eyes called the the tapetum lucidum. lucidum, which uh, yeah, which is, uh, allows them to see at night and also kind of uh, reflects back light, in, in, but in a different way. So it, it's clearly not a, a frog, but it's, it is something with these eyes. And, of course, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but it, it was really interesting to see that. Uh, and I, I, the most amazing thing about this is the context you've you've got two kids out running around looking for imaginary monsters <laughs> augmented reality <laughs> monsters on their phone <laughs> it's like well this isn't this isn't in the pokemon <laughs> 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 this isn't a pokemon animal <laughs> you know so why why somebody hasn't made a film out of this i i don't know but uh,
0: it would be uh, a the, great movie <laughs> It would be a great B movie if yeah. anybody still makes B movies. Somebody call Bruce Campbell. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the chin yeah. needs to come save us from the frogman. No, but I But you I, just
2: can't make you can't make this stuff up. No. You know, it's it's <laughs>
0: That's that's the part that's that's wonderful is this kind of these kinds of sightings are just so strange. It it they're absurd they're just completely absurd. Because if you think about a bipedal frog, they shouldn't even be bipedal at, at all. Cause of course their, their hips are not shaped correctly for standing, you know, they, right. They, so just the, the body proportions, if you'd see that there'd be a part of you that would go, wait, 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 <laughs> you know, most exactly. people I think would, would recognize that that was not a kind of body proportion that they should be seeing for any kind of humanoid creature that we would think is a human. Yeah. I I mean,
2: yeah, we just don't have a lot of bipedal. Bipedalism is not common on this planet.
0: Yeah. It's birds
3: and people pretty much. (laughs) And birds don't look like that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
2: so that, that, where do you go? This—that's why I love this story. And
0: kangaroos. It's, it's I just forgot got... kangaroos. My bad. Oh yeah, <laughs> kangaroos. And we see those in the Midwest every so often. There haven't—they ha they haven't had any recently. There hasn't been recent sightings of kangaroos in the Midwest, but they do happen occasionally. Although I believe one really and was it, in yeah. oops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now we've got a uh, couple of farms here in Ohio that where they raise. Uh, not the big wallabies, right. kangaroos, but the the little wallabies. Yeah. Oh. So there's oh, okay. a couple of wallaby farms. I keep asking Zach if we could go see them, and he says no because you would kidnap one and bring it home with you. <laughs> and I would like to say that's probably not true, but if you wouldn't, it I could would happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're not. We're not. We safe. can't
3: be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
2: I understand this completely.
3: (laughs) Uh,
2: (laughs) So that that story, I I don't know if there's ever a follow-up to the story, but I just think it's it's one of the better ones. My
3: flip answer is the wind in the willows got lost. (laughs) 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 Mr. Toad from Wind in the Willows got lost. (laughs)
2: I had not considered that.
3: <laughs> because that would be where my brain would go for a split second, I would be 8 years old and I would be like, "Okay, is it Mr. Toad? Where are Mole and Water Rat? Yeah. And is Badger going to show up and be grumpy?" Like once and then I <laughs> yeah. would realize, "No, I'm not 8 and this isn't um, this isn't Wind in the Willows and
0: I should actually probably be a little bit afraid and maybe should leave now." <laughs> I love that the first guy got out of his car, man. I think that's yeah. amazing. I don't. Yeah. I just. That's just. Well, and and they had the wand thing that they're they're with sparklers. Well, you but know, think, sparkles. think yeah. about all the people in
3: Yellowstone who get out of their car at bison and bears and stuff. I don't stuff. understand
0: that. Like, yeah, I don't understand that.
3: We humans have this thing where we just go, we're the top of the food chain, and we're fine, and we forget that like. No, in groups with weapons, we're on top of the food chain. Singly and unarmed, we are not. We are squishy and have no teeth or claws yeah. and can't run very yeah. fast.
2: Well, I think the people, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I think maybe the people that, could, that do that at Yellowstone and uh, other places maybe don't go outside much yeah. or have much interaction with animals. I, I and... think
0: that's the case. I think that's uh, the case. So
2: they don't really know much about what they're what they're getting into.
0: Even so, and uh, they don't read not, signs. Bison are
3: bigger than your car, man. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah I, I ran into a uh, herd of them up in uh, what is it uh, Roosevelt National Grasslands up in North Dakota, and yeah, they just kind of take over the whole road, and you just kind of you wait, pull over, and wait, and hope they don't get rambunctious. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, they're big. So. Yeah. They're big and, uh, I, you know, uh, but I, you know, I, I'm not getting out of the car for Frogman or for Bison. So,
0: <laughs> I'm, and the other thing, you know, the wand, uh, when cases have wands, if there are humanoid creatures that, that have wands, I always am like, what's up with that? Is that like the sonic screwdriver? Did you all steal <laughs> that from Dr. Who? What, what is that? What are you doing with that? You know, yeah. or they point it at somebody and either a gas comes out or a light and then somebody is paralyzed or this smell overcomes them and they're nauseated and it's like, whoa. That's you know, that, that sort of repeated motif always gets me. Well it's the magician. And then to think rod, of a frogman.
3: You know, yeah. it's the magic wand. It's yeah. it's something they yeah. had since antiquity. You know, we have the magic rods and magic wands that the gods had and magicians have and are used in ritual magic. And now they crop up with giant frog people in Ohio.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't know. And and we're so I mean, we just watched a Harry Potter marathon here. And, you know, everybody's running around whipping out their wands. So it, you know, (laughs) it's 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 not a um, anymore. It's not a uh, unusual uh, what we talk. It's it's not an unusual trope or, right. Or I, you know, concept of, you know, but I, I got to think in, you know,
0: 1955,
2: 1955. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there. there's no frame of reference for yeah. this stuff.
3: Yeah. So. Unless you happen to study esoterica or like mythology, you would not, Or were a stage magician, you wouldn't have like a reference for a wand that spits sparks that might be technology, that might be magic. It's that weird blurring between the two that pops up in so many weird cases of is this tech, is this magic, is it both, is it neither, do we care, does it matter? It's just weird.
2: Yeah. Or is that just what my brain said? Exactly. Or is that
3: just what my
0: brain said? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, I like I love, you know, you know. I'm a big. I like the stories. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, Mothman is Mothman's always going to be my favorite, um, cryptid because the story is just so amazing. There's so much wrapped around there, and of course, the show, you know, <laughs> springs from the forehead of Mothman, yes, if you will, essentially. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there, I love that. But this, I, I'm finding that these these stories, these little small town stories of things that happen. Uh, and then go away, or happen, and then maybe repeat themselves, and then you know, fifty years later, the town has a festival.
1: Yeah. You know, <laughs>
2: because, <laughs> and Loveland does. They have. They you all know, have. They have like a. They have like a, a triathlon, and they have various f- uh, uh, functions connected with the Loveland Frogman. So, of course, uh, the town sort of adopted it as their mascot. So,
0: but well, why not? Why yeah. wouldn't
2: you?
3: So. Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: better I like than the, the polka lady dots. Who, oh my God, yes, Polka, West Virginia, <laughs> home of the dots. Their their football team were the dots. I always felt bad oh. for those. How guys. could you not? But also, why would you? <laughs> I know, I know. It's my uncle graduated no. from Polka, so <laughs> I feel bad for him. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I liked the lady who I think it was a sociology paper she wrote about. Uh, Mothman becoming a a protective spirit to the town and becoming a, a, a reason for there to be almost a holy pilgrimage with the festival that everybody comes and gathers to celebrate this being that showed up out of nowhere. And, you know, it scared people, but now... Now it's looked upon as as an omen of warning, so it's not as scary. I just think it's interesting that yeah. you know, what well, terrified it, people is now something that, that is celebrated.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh and it it's I don't want maybe archetype isn't the right word for it. Uh but it, it it's it's certainly it certainly replaced <laughs> you know it's replace something in their mythology yeah mm-hmm. in in terms of you know what people think about you know, in terms of small towns and and, and that is also a, yet you know like loveland it's a small river town mm-hmm. uh what happens to river towns they turn their back on the river we don't use the river doesn't provide you know transport commerce or anything like that anymore so towns on rivers typically slowly fade away right until mothman saved Point Pleasant, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, in a way, it, it you know, puts income back into the town. People, are, you know, they embrace the, the, the festival and the tourism that comes with it. And it, it's kind of a a, a nice thing now. It puts a, the town on a more secure footing. And, you know, the downtown, they try to keep the downtown up and so on and so forth. So I think that's kind of kind of yeah.
3: cool. And I can see the Loveland Frogmen doing the same thing for Loveland. Yeah. Like, and I think people need myths. I wonder if we don't encounter some oddity, like some space, time, energy, whatever anomaly just out in the wild that's just doing its thing, and our need to make a myth activates it somehow, and we shape it, and then we carry that story, that image and we turn it into a local legend, we turn it into an urban myth, and it becomes a new mythos. And it gives people something to believe in, and gives people something to have a community around. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think yeah. people make myths out of many, many, many things, and I think it's just something humans naturally do, and I wonder if the phenomena interacts with us through the process of myth making.
2: That's pretty deep. I hadn't thought of that.
3: I hadn't either and, until and, like this week, and I've it, I've <laughs> been batting. I'm I'm trapped in an anthropology of religion class, which is great. But so we I've been thinking about ritual and the purpose of myth and society and stuff, and then I was like thinking about I knew we were doing this episode, so I was like, what useful things can I contribute besides quips?
2: (laughs) 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 Don't 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 undersell those quips. (laughs) Thank
0: you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're good at that. I do try. Definitely. Yes.
2: (laughs) And well maybe maybe we're co opting Something too uh, that, mm-hmm. that kind of crossed my mind too. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, these who knows why these these whatever they were uh, were there. I have no idea. Uh, I don't even want to speculate, but um, they're useful in another regard as well. And that is to like you say all the things you said about you know people having something uh, to build uh, to build things around and and uh, a community around and you know
3: sure yeah. And I I I always wonder about. The phenomena, all of them, because I do think all of them are connected. I always wonder if it's parasitic or if we're in a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah. And it's symbiotic. Yeah. Are we symbiotic or parasitic? And who's the parasite? Like, are we <laughs> the ones co opting them? to give meaning to our lives and make sense of events that are naturally occurring or do they need those myths and that belief in some way to help give them form? Like it's this eternal, like I'm not sure which it is. I think it might be a little bit of both. I have to just accept that I'm never going to know because I'm just one person. And I don't think I don't know if we're ever going to solve what all this stuff is.
0: I don't think so. I, I'll be really mad if I don't figure it out after I die. <laughs> like, if somebody doesn't hand me the handbook, I'll be mad. It's going to be so bad. <laughs> Maybe that's Welcome why people. Welcome to the afterlife. Honk. Yeah. You know, they, they get Here's to the your afterlife and they're like, Where's the answer? And and everybody around him was like, "Well, you see," and just like, "Oh hell no, you've got to yeah. be kidding!"
2: You guys don't know anything either.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thanks.
2: I don't. I don't know. I maybe this is a wrong, or maybe this is maybe this is a more evolved take on it. But I, I, I if I don't find out, it doesn't matter.
0: To well, me anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think I think I just learned to, what do you say, enjoy the ride? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I think yeah. I've, I just learned to enjoy it and embrace it because I don't think I'm ever going to know anything. Um, and is it really, you know, I, I guess um, one of the things about the community out there, and I use community with, I'm talking about crypt, cryptology people and uh, ufologists and, the ghost people and all that, you know, there's everybody's on a quest mm-hmm. to find something or know something or the, you know, if we just get one more good picture, we'll know for sure. No, um, yeah. <laughs> there are one more data, one more bit, of, one more data point And by golly, we'll have this whole thing figured out. I don't really want that. I yeah. don't really want to know. I, I'm, I guess I'm just fine with how things are. Um, Maybe I would like to see uh, the, the Frogman. I'd like to see it. I probably won't get on my car, but I, I'm here to participate. But I don't think I need to pull things apart. I think about, yeah. you, you know, when when you, you when you look at how we we've, we've learned about the underlying pieces and parts of the universe, uh, you know, using we, what are we using? We're using cyclotrons and atom smashes. We're basically using brute force to get answers. And I just don't, I don't think yeah. we need to do that. You know.
0: It's like turn dammit or I'll get a hammer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so you, Grandpa. So? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my father's most famous lines. <laughs> um,
2: I think you've said that on yes, the show with yes. <laughs> yeah.
3: me. It it has entered part of the familial lexicon. Um, yes. Much like let's com- much like well that's comparing Jesus to Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> entered the family lexicon. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, perfectly good word, Her
2: brother. That's now, a, what was the one on the, there was one on the show um, Morgana. I can't remember which show it was. You you made the the statement. I got no beef with Jesus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one. beef with Jesus. He's just not I for me. Was a,
2: oh, I think it was with uh, with uh, David. Perkins.
0: Yes, yeah, I think so. <clears> um, that I was, was in perfect rare form because We that were talking night. about uh, talking about. Cattle
3: mutilation. I, yes. And that was, yes, I was in rare form yeah. that night.
2: <laughs> I about spit my coffee all, all over. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, that was a great show, by the way.
3: We really want
0: to have him back. We're going to have him back. We're going to have him
3: back. We also tend so to good. say I, the same thing at the same time. Yeah. we I share a brain that, yeah. occasionally, or we're just mildly psychic, yeah. or we're just, she has really strong genes, like they just yeah. express hard in her offspring, <laughs> like really hard. They they work overtime. Um, so I wanted to ask you about pterosaurs because that's one of my favorite like weird corners of the cryptozoology world is the pteranodons that flutter yeah. out. <laughs>
2: Uh it's it's one of mine too and I I'm going to blame Johnny Quest. Oh yeah. Because uh I'm of an age uh Johnny Quest uh made its a uh, debut I think it was Tuesday nights 1964 uh and I was 6 years old and and there was an episode of Johnny Quest with a and a giant pterodactyl. Yep. Called Turu, Turu the Terrible and uh Absolutely floored me. And I've just been obsessed with these pterosaurs ever since. So I'm going to blame it all on that on that show. Um, and people of a certain age are like, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <clears throat> and there's a mad scientist. And all the things that Johnny Quest had on it was really cool. Uh, so, I, you know, that's sort of the things that when I hear uh, these stories about people seeing pterosaurs, in modern times, it just gets my attention. Uh, because these aren't an an oops. These are creatures from out of, they're out of time, right? They're, uh, you know, the the last pterosaurs disappeared from the earth with the, the, the big dinosaur extinction, you know, the the, uh, 65 million years ago, however, however many years that was, uh, I think that's right. Uh, So they they disappeared then that was their, their swan song. So uh, the idea that, people look up in the sky and see these things flying and everybody knows what they are and you, you call call it a pterodactyl or or a pteranodon or a pterosaur. They're all the same thing. And uh, everybody kind of knows that shape. Um, So it's not like people are looking up and going, Oh, what a interesting bird. (laughs) Um, Right. There are some characteristics to those things. Uh, And of course they're, they're not dinosaurs. They're, they're actually reptiles. They're not really closely related to dinosaurs. They're flying reptiles, and uh, they have you know like leathery skin. They don't have feathers, or we don't think they th- they had feathers, uh, of course. So they they have sort of these, this bat-like appearance at the same time, but they also have a bird-like appearance, and then they also have a, a reptilian appearance. So it's this sort of bl- weird blend of animals uh, in the sky. So it uh, people are really you know it's in in this day and age, it's hard to know uh, to for anybody to not know what what that creature is. And so they, they do pop up in the sky. You do hear people say, yes, we saw this thing. And there's been a number of reports in Texas and, I'll well, say, Idaho and, I don't know, North Carolina. They just seem to pop up all over there. And then, of course, in other countries as well. So,
0: Yeah, the the where's the ropin from? The one that's called the ropin that uh, there's, I can't remember.
2: Uh, it's Papua New Guinea.
0: Yeah, that's where it is. That's where it is. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that that the cryptozoologists from the Creation Museum are all head up about, and trying to find it so they could prove God. I man, if you're gonna pin whether God exists on a prehistoric reptile that flies, I. I
2: oh the young Earth creationists. Yes, That's yes, those folks, yeah. and
0: it's just like so. what? there's, you know, uh, Saint Paul would have words about that. This <laughs> <laughs> is like just, yeah. just okay.
2: Well, they have that. They have the idea that you know, if if uh, if dinosaurs still exist, then, uh, and but like we said, they're. These these flying creatures are not dinosaurs anyway, but uh, to them they're dinosaurs. So if they exist, then checkmate, atheists! You know, uh, it, this but proves that you know dinosaurs there's, there's, and man you know,
3: lived at the same time, which yeah, proves that the Earth yeah, is only two thousand
0: two hundred years old.
2: Yeah, six thousand years old, what or whatever I, it is. What I think six thousand is the oldest. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's got to yeah. be older than two thousand something or another because you know we've yeah. counted that far. So it's
2: the it's the yeah. bishop usher six thousand year yeah. thing I think yeah uh, um. but, uh, yeah but yeah I think it's just interesting that you know they're they're kind of off on the wrong foot with that but they're, they're desperate to prove you know they they think that this will you know in, in, invalidate all of science you I know there I, are dinosaurs so
3: I mean it would be a hell of a moment cool. if they caught one. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. It would be yeah. amazing.
3: Um, but yeah, I imagine I'll it go. would be more like a coelacanth situation and a strange survival of a species rather than like, no, there's Dinosaur Island somewhere like in Skull Island in King Kong.
0: Yeah, King Kong <laughs> lives there too. And I don't remember where Mighty Joe Young came from, but he's out there too. And Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That explains uh, it. Explains everything. Yeah, you know, the
2: and thing too. It's interesting because the uh, you know the, the, it comes out of um, local legend, and it, it's described as you know being this flying creature with the leathery wings and the the counterpointed head, and but it also it's also described as having a tail with like a diamond shaped uh, flap of tissue on it, right? Which is there actually were uh, pterosaurs with with that feature, you know, it's sort of a, a,
0: a little, uh,
2: yeah, a little rudder, exactly. Uh, so there, there's some things in the fossil record that have those, those kinds of of, of tales. So that gets everybody excited uh, to, to hear that kind of thing. But um, yeah, there, it's led, there's any number of legends about it. I don't know if and there are a number of expeditions that have gone to try to find them. And I think the young earth creationists themselves have tried to, to go to Papua New Guinea and look for these things. I don't think anybody's ever seen one. So
0: no, and that makes me I sad.
2: So. No, and so this, that, that particular thing comes out of the rope and comes out of a legends or local. Right. lore, And that doesn't mean that the local people didn't yeah. see them, obviously, but, but um, you know, because cer- certainly they can, yeah. uh, but Ohio and, these... and
0: Soft Frog Man, so yeah, yeah. Why, would, yeah. why couldn't yeah. they in be in Papua New Guinea are perfectly allowed to see the roping. <laughs> so, sure,
2: sure. Yeah, I, I would would not count them out, and so um, you know, and the pterosaurs pop up all over the place, and so sure.
0: I always yeah, want- I think they were Let's most. Go. go ahead.
3: I always wonder with those if, you know, how there are ghost ships. Like I always wonder if they're not the organic version of a ghost ship.
2: <laughs> sort of um flying out of a temporal crossrip. Yeah. Something
0: and like then that.
2: Back yeah, in
3: like a, te- you know? a time slip or Yeah. Just an a after memory. image that just plays every so often when I don't know the stars are aligned right or there's a Radiation from a certain star Burst. hits the right place and activates corks, crystals, Sun in the spots. desert, and it stone <laughs> tape memories play or something. I don't know <laughs> like or dude, I was a dinosaur kid. Like you know how some kids yeah. are rocket kids and some kids are dinosaur kids. I was a dinosaur kid. So like, Part of me really, 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 really wants there to still be dinosaurs running around and, like, pterosaurs running around, like, so badly. Like, if Nessie was a plesiosaurus, I would be so happy. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't think that's what's really happening, and that breaks my heart a little bit every day. But I'm going to hope that the young—this is one of the few times— I'm gonna like throw in some good vibes to the younger creationist people. Cause if they catch me a pterosaur <laughs>
0: <laughs> Even if it's just a little one, <laughs> I'm gonna be so excited.
2: <laughs> I I I'm right there with you. Like yeah, I'll be happy too, sure. Um yeah. Won't you won't change anything. No, but it yeah, won't. I mean other than the fact that we have something really exactly. cool.
3: Exactly. I'll be like, uh, Look,
2: sure. And I think that's that's sort of the, like a, an engine behind some of these stories. We want mm-hmm. them to be true. We want, di- I mean, really want dinosaurs. We
3: really do. You know? yeah.
2: Um, yeah, and it's amazing how many people were, as kids, just were so amazed by dinosaurs and, and still carry around basic dinosaur lore <laughs> and nomenclature with them. Uh, they couldn't tell you the scientific name of a flower in their yard oh, God, no. or the toad hopping across the road, but they know a stegosaurus and they, you know, they know, yep. uh, you know triceratops. They, they, yeah, they have all that stuff. So, so it's this, it's a huge engine of want, you know, we really want that to, to come true and, and you're, you're, you're like proof yeah. of that, right?
3: And That's maybe you. that want is what puts them in the skies. yeah.
2: I think that's that's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm here for that. I'm here for that. So, um, I I mean, if you listen to the show, and, and you know this is something I I think about almost every day, if you listen to the show, you kind of know the world is a different place than most people how most people perceive perceive the world. Uh, so, you think okay, Frogman, okay. Pterosaur, sure. I mean, it's it's it would be. You, you look at it like let's let's do that. Let's bring it in. Let's incorporate it. I'm perfectly fine yeah. with that. If some dinosaur waddled out of the jungle uh, next week, it would be great. Uh, so you you're kind of open to the idea of new things and, and other things because there are other things out there that are you know make themselves known and, and uh, you know grab people's attention so it, it's not you know out of the realm of possibility to consider other things
3: yeah so. and apparently they are I keep seeing scientists thinking like talking about hey we can clone woolly mammoths and hey we keep finding dinosaur DNA and I'm like we all saw this movie in 1994 it's a terrible idea <laughs> it didn't go well but at the same time <laughs> it didn't go well do I want a velociraptor yes <laughs> I won't want one to be my friend. <laughs> it would probably a
0: woman eat. who runs with the velociraptors. It would probably <laughs> eat me. Yeah,
3: it would. Yep.
2: Can we start with something a little more
0: friendly, small, <laughs>
2: placid? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ankylosaur. Right? I don't know.
3: Apatotherix uh, yeah. would be cool. Like that's an actual like. Yeah. That could oh, be. Rules. That that would be small and would only be able to peck your eyeballs yeah. out.
0: <laughs> yeah but we wear big glasses, so we're good yeah <laughs> that would protect us that's right plus it would
3: be' we're an the safety glasses generation. Yeah, it would be an interesting evolutionary link to look at for dinosaur bird transition, yeah. like I think that would be a valuable thing to if you if scientists decide to get all crazy and bring back extinct species, <laughs> like bring back a little one,
2: yeah. How about the passenger pigeon?
1: Let's
0: start. Yeah, with or dodos. Easy. We owe dodos. You know, there are people Dodo. who still see both yeah. of those. And Tasmanian tigers. There are people who see passenger pigeons and dodos. Okay. And there, the ivory-billed woodpecker turned out not to be extinct. So sometimes I wonder if Gaia just says, oh, well, you killed them all. Well, I'm just going to throw a little population out here. <laughs> and what do you think of that? <laughs> Sometimes they, you know, everybody thinks of Gaia as like Mother Nature from those old margarine commercials. You know, with it's the flowers not nice in her hair. It's nice to fool Mother Nature. Yeah, yeah the, sure. the nice flowing yeah. dress. Sometimes I think she just, you know, laughs with this evil cackle and is like... <laughs> Ah. Yeah, you thought the coelacanth was gone. Mm-hmm. Look at y'all. <laughs> y'all <Yeah>. so silly. <laughs> you know, and we uh, that... keep finding the weird stuff in the ocean, like the Dumbo octopus thing. Sometimes I think she's down oh, in there just yeah. making stuff and just, you know, oh, well, they've got subs. so We got to make something to fill up that little biosphere down there because, I mean, if there's nothing there, I, they'll just, I don't know, they'll probably dig a big hole in it and try to explode stuff. So let's, let's give them some weird animals. So they'll, you know, not blow (laughs) into the crust or something crazy. I,
2: (laughs) I think people under, they, they don't appreciate the fact that it, it's an entirely different planet, or if you will, it's an entirely different dimension of this one. Yeah. You, you pass through the, the, the barrier of water, you pass through this veil into the water, and there's nothing below it that exists above it. Everything yep. is completely different. Yep, uh, it is. If you don't, you you can't live there. It's easy to die there, and it is the most alien place you'll ever go on this yep. planet. Yeah.
0: Yep.
2: So I think that that may be a little under underappreciated.
0: Well, I think people, if if you grew up seeing Jacques Cousteau like swimming around, finding the stuff. He made it look easy. He really did. Now, he didn't do all the deep, you know, deep sea stuff. Oh, no, wait a minute. He did have one of those little early subs that he could get in there and go into the deep sea. And we did get some of the first glimpses. Cause I do remember, I watched him religiously as a child. Um, if there was an animal show on man, even though we only had three channels four if you count PBS, the whole family was right there. And, uh, I, you know, Jacques Cousteau and uh, Marlon Perkins from uh, Wild Kingdom. They were they were my heroes yep. as a child. Although I liked my assistant Jim better than Marlon because he's the one who actually did all the scary stuff.
2: You yeah, know. yeah. Marlon kind of hung around, chased butterflies by the jeep. You know. <laughs>
0: yeah, he was in the Land Rover <laughs> with you know the Trank dart gun. Oh, I shot Just it. Now case. you go get it. And, and it, it, <laughs> he didn't shoot it enough. It's it jumps up and chases Jim every time. I, poor guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, those guys were great. That, Jim Fowler was a he was he was a cool dude.
0: He was. He was. Yeah. I I, I it, somebody asked what I wanted to be when I grew up when I was in like first grade. I said I want to be Jim, and they're like who? And I was like my assistant Jim. <laughs> <laughs> The teacher finally got what I was talking about. Oh, you want to be okay. like Jim Fowler? I'm like, I want to chase rhinoceros for no reason. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. He was not, he had no fear. Jim would just get in there, he'd jump in the water with the anaconda or whatever it was. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. That's yep. something else that I've really been enjoying. Um, I, I feel bad for the ecosystems, but the, and thank you for introducing me to the phrase oops. Oh because I did Out of not places. know the I official acronym. That's a great one. That's yeah, a I great didn't one. coin um, that. But yeah. But the Burmese pythons that are popping up everywhere
0: because of the pet trade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah it's a they uh, have a real problem with them in Florida and feel the
0: really uh, Everglades bad for and the
3: Everglades. Yeah.
0: Um they have yeah. a bounty on them. They do at this point florida's got a bounty on lionfish
3: too because the lionfish are a problem yeah. yeah they they
0: yeah they paid chefs an enormous amount of money to figure out how to make them tasty yes the lionfish yes. yeah yeah
3: the restaurant mm. i used to work at we actually got a shipment of said lionfish and they are actually tasty if you could, if you do something with them, but cleaning them is awful. And my boss stabbed himself with some of the spines and got really dizzy and had to sit down.
2: What? Yeah, really. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They have they have a uh, venom. Yes, in their they do. Spines, yeah, they? yeah.
3: And I was like, "What do you mean you stabbed yourself? You need to like, I don't know. Should you call the poison wow. control people?" And he was like, "No, I'm fine." And then he got really woozy and had to sit down for like 15 minutes.
0: <sighs> what a goober! Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> You know, and, you know and it's not we're often in this... somebody's
2: killed by a lionfish in Ohio.
0: Right? I know. We're in this little Appalachian County of Ohio. What is the hospital going to do? Oblennis is going to be like, Why, uh, 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 I guess we can life flight you to um, the coast. Virginia Beach. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, brother. Maybe yeah. Cleveland Clinic.
2: <laughs> That's probably your best bet. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Florida has kind of turned into an outdoor zoo. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, I mean, you have the pythons and you have the the exotic fish and the, the, the freshwater fish. Exotic uh, fish from all over the uh, all over the planet are, are living in Florida waters and uh, uh, the pythons. And you have uh, these large lizards from South America called tegus. Yes, tegus, uh, which which may be actually more of a menace to uh, ecosystems than the pythons because they just eat everything. Mm, Yep. Uh, They dig up nests and they eat, you know, everything large and small, anything they can fit in their voracious little mouths, they will, they will do so. So those, those things are, and then they're also in other States now like Georgia has a problem with them. I think they're moving into, they found them in a few other Southern States. So it's, it's not good. So um, a lot of, a lot of um, uh, state wildlife agencies are, really looking hard at this, how they're going to handle this issue. So, uh, and the Python thing, you know, that's the other thing is um, we talk about uh, it, pythons are loose, they're out of control. And then there's just story after story about pythons, you know, true or not. They start en- entering the, uh, you know, they start, they're we're building legends about mm-hmm. them, I guess you would yeah. uh, you yeah. say, you know, stories and, uh, things kind of, you know, the story of the, uh, the, you know, the 80 foot long python and that kind of thing, just things just kind of get out of control there, which is kind of natural, I guess. People like to tell stories and exaggerate and things like that. It's like so.
3: the fish tales, you know, a fish yeah. story. Like my the fish was really only this big, but you tell them it's like three times bigger right. than it is.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: And I mean, anacondas get huge and pyth- some pythons can get pretty long. We actually have a carpet python. Um, she's still very wee. Oh. Um, she's only about four feet. Um, Delilah, okay. our Colombian red-tailed boa, is eight feet, however.
0: Um, she's grown a little bit wow. since the last she time I has. had it. Um,
3: and She's very sad that her walks have been curtailed for the season um, yeah. because it's too cold for her to go outside much. Um, I love boa constrictors. Oh, they're so sweet. Yeah. Like, Delilah's an absolute teddy bear of a snake. I tell people that she's eight feet long, and people get the big eyes and start backing away and telling me she's going to eat me. And I'm like, okay, she's way too little to eat me. Maybe my cat. Like, she's too little to even eat my cat. Like, the ferrets, yes. The cat, no. We're not up to rabbits or chicken. For her food yet. We're still on double jumbo rats. Like she can't eat snakes can't eat as big of a thing as you think they can, generally.
0: Unless they're really unless they're snakes. really
3: big snakes. Like properly big anacondas, oh yeah, they can eat kids. But
2: Yeah, a, occasionally there's a sad tale of a, a python swallowing a yes. human. Yeah. It, there it has are. happened. So.
3: But those are very large snakes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, an eight-foot boa doesn't compare. No. Sound, sounds sounds incredibly it, large, it's but really compared not. to the you know, yeah, compared to a twenty-foot yeah. python.
3: Yeah. I think you have to get well into double digits before a snake can eat a person.
2: Yeah, and and boas aren't there. They're no, not they're group, just
3: not. So. They don't get that big. They're chunkers. They're in the though. cool snake group. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Love those things.
3: Well, if you ever visit, feel free to drop by and you can oh, you holy. can spend you can visit with Delilah because she's mm-hmm. an absolute peach of a snake. Yeah. That
0: would be how great. many how many creatures do you have now? Um less than we
3: used to. We've got Delilah, Luna, Satan, and Ceres, which are the three boas, the python. And then we have Yoshi, the Lichianus gecko. Oh, yeah, yeah, who is pretty much full grown. He's almost as big as my forearm now.
0: Um, oh yes, yeah. so he's gotten big since I saw him last. Well, you saw him last when he was a wee baby, when he was tiny. Yeah. <laughs> well, in my mind, it's just like humans. It's, you know, the last time I saw somebody was, you know, they were five. They're still five in my head, and I <laughs> meet them, and they're twenty-five, and I'm like. Oh, wow. Okay, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> so, it's real easy to do with a, a gecko.
3: And Cortez, and then just the four mammals. Yeah. I have a lot of pets. Two fer- two ferrets. Two ferrets. Two ferrets, a cat, a dog, an axolotl, a gecko, and four snakes. I really want to stop by some <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> I'll feed you. <laughs> yeah. I make yeah. killer Indian yeah, well, food. Yeah,
2: well, All <laughs> right. <laughs> you have all the good stuff there. Axolotls yeah. and gargoyle geckos. Oh yeah. And, hmm. Very
0: cool. Yeah, lots of fun stuff.
3: And none cool of stuff. them bite except the axolotl, but he doesn't really have teeth, so Yeah, yeah. Pinchy. Pinches. Nubbins. Yeah, they're Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they just kind of chomp you a little. Not too bad. This is a little uh, light.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, you know, if you're a worm, oh, you're yes. in trouble.
3: But yeah, yes, he beats those against the sides of his tank after he chomps, and then yeah, imagine
2: them. if they were six feet long. You know, that would be, you know,
3: yeah. Again, it's it's the reptiles <laughs> in size that's the problem, and maybe maybe that's why. People see. When people see reptile things, they make them human sized because I think there is an instinct. Like people tend to be freaked out by reptiles and amphibians.
2: Yes, a lot, a lot of people. And
3: are, yeah. I think that you know how reptilian aliens have the bad rap when it comes to the alien game. Like the, the them and the very mantis bad ones are be the behaved. bad guys. I wonder yeah, if that's badly not behaved. just our underlying fear and like the very otherness of reptiles. Like they have creepy eyes and, and you can't and see insects, facial expressions and people think they don't have feelings and personalities like other animals do. So I think there's like an, uh, an extra layer of otherness when it comes to reptiles and amphibians from humans because we're used to mammals.
2: Right. And they're far enough away where, you know, some, you know, you uh, look at a cat uh, or, well, let's say a puppy, a uh, very expressive animal. Uh, so you you can kind of, you know, understand more what's going on with a puppy, with a dog than you could uh, an iguana yeah. or, or a boa. They don't, they don't, uh, you know, they're not, they can't wiggle their eyebrows yeah. at you or, yeah. or you know sigh heavily or <laughs> whine at you or something because they're hungry. So there's there's this barrier of, you know, of communicating uh yeah. thoughts and you know and, and and feelings back and forth. That just doesn't happen. It doesn't mean that they uh aren't thinking beings that uh you know make their way through the world mm-hmm. too, which is, you know uh they just, they just don't show it. Yeah, so.
3: and we don't speak reptile very well.
0: <laughs> no. No, we don't. No. Um, and so
2: maybe that. that's part of the, the the why the you know you're talking about the reptilian, uh, I don't know, reptilian beings or the what what did my wife call them the reptilian elite? I think.
0: Yes, yes. The all, uh, the, all the all the leaders of the Earth are actually reptilians in skin suits. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I yeah you know, I hadn't paid much attention to that, and I I, I told my wife her name her name's Nell N E L L, and, and I told her I was coming on here, and she's we we're talking about I was telling her what I was going to be talking about, and she's like, well, don't forget the uh, you know the reptilians that uh, uh, masquerade as celebrities, right? So apparently, um yep. there's this whole uh, thing where people think that like Queen Elizabeth and Lady Gaga and uh, oh, I don't know who all. Oh, everybody. If you name it. it yeah. You know, put a name out there and they're like, oh, they're reptilians. And then they're, you know, they'll point to a video where their their eyes change or something. Or, or yeah. there are, apparently there are doctored videos where people, you know, doctor the shape of their eyes, their pupils, make them elliptical or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, look, they're reptilians. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Which, you know, I think there's. This has sort of um, gotten out of control in terms of uh, what, you know, I mean, we we used to think, we used to think about the, or or hear about reptilians in association with alien abductions. Right. You know, it seemed to be where, it seemed to be where a lot of this was centered around, you know, the, uh, you you were, uh, there were Nordic looking beings or there were, uh, the, the gray aliens, so to speak, and then the, the reptilians or whatever. And, as, and of course, that sort of became its own culture and what the reptilians were up to as opposed to what the grays were supposedly up to, et cetera, et cetera. So there's this whole thing about that. But then the, it, that whole thing about alien, uh, reptilian aliens seems to have been co opted by uh, uh, untold numbers of, uh, subcultures mm-hmm. yeah uh i you know i think it's it's even part of like QAnon. i think is yeah is mm-hmm. some of the stuff now so it just seems it, trying to figure out what the heck is actually going on with reptilian uh just the reptilian uh idea uh i don't know what to call i don't know what the right word is there you know obviously like bipedal reptiles is is they they walk among us they shapeshift they uh so so obviously, uh, and they uh, influence our our governments, and on and on and on. It seems to be uh, something that it started out small, and it seems to have been an idea that other groups have just sort of plucked it and said, "Let's let's let's insert this into our, you know, yeah. into our own uh, mythology or whatever you want to call it."
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember the. I I do think it it mostly started with David Ike. I think it, he was the one that that really started the ball rolling with the reptilian aliens are taking the form of humans and hiding themselves at the highest levels of world governments. And now I don't remember what they were all supposed to be up to, but you know, a lot of the things that get listed, I'm like, wouldn't uh, just runaway capitalism be part of what's the problems that you're talking about and we kind of did that ourselves i mean you can you can kind of look at history and and then you know well but the aliens have always been there as our world leader okay all right i'll just go over here now and yeah i need to go to the bar and get a drink (laughs) before i continue this conversation (laughs) oh oops i went out the door
2: there's a subculture with hitler too apparently hitler was involved with them oh
0: yeah or yeah. Or, or
2: that's sort of the 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 back engineered story yeah you know uh, is is the you know so the, the permutations on this thing are kind of and somebody should write a book about it but it, it not
0: really. <laughs> <laughs> i do not blame you one bit <laughs> that's a lot that would be i don't i don't think i'd have patience um I, yeah that's and and the, it kind of lets humans off the hook for evil, right?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: But it's, it's not our governments being evil. It's the reptoid aliens pretending to be humans being evil. I'm like, no, nah, y'all, we are pretty good at doing terrible things on our own. <laughs> we don't need a lot of help or direction from reptilians, you know. And I think Morgana really did get a hold of that because yeah we don't humans very few humans really like reptiles like ooh, you reptiles you know more it's more like oh my god a snake you know put that down don't touch it why are you touching it um cold-blooded that's you know that's against us you know clearly as if they pick that, you know. But if you if you want to insult a human, you call them cold blooded. Bloodthirsty, yes. cold blooded. Um, so yeah, I think when you when you put a, a reptile underneath a human face, then you're just kind of letting the human off the hook for their doings, for whatever they did that you think is evil. And you're maligning the like poor invent capitals. They're just doing their thing. I know. Yeah. I think it's the atavistic fear of things like snakes that, you know, I mean, I still have that atavistic fear of spiders. Now, I I don't kill every spider that I go near anymore. But if I see one of the really big ones and it's somewhere where it might touch me, I scream like a little girl run away and Zach has to deal with it. He has to, you know, put it on the paper and take her outside and say goodbye (laughs) while I'm sitting there going (laughs) and feeling like a total idiot because I know it's not going to bite me and do anything to me. You know, you're
2: you're um, you have no control over this.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You I mean, maybe you could, but it it just comes on you. It's like, whoa. Yeah. And I think there's Uh, lots
0: of people who are like that with snakes. Sure.
2: Yeah. 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 I'm I'm that way with bears. So.
0: Okay,
3: but that makes logical well, sense. <laughs>
0: yeah, it sure does. Mm-hmm. Like most
3: snakes <laughs> aren't venomous. Yeah, well, at least
0: here in um, the United States, that's true.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh all bears are <gasps>
0: All bears are bears. All bears are big.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all bears are bears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and big, yeah. And so uh I, I don't know, I have this irrational thing with bears. Um from I think from my childhood I think uh, it stems from a, a movie I saw but uh, uh I just the idea of uh, seeing a bear like a grizzly bear in the wild it pops a sweat out on my forehead just thinking about it so that's because it would eat you yeah uh, yeah <laughs> and and you that's know, sensible swipe me and, yeah swipe my face off or whatever I mean yeah. and.
3: I suspect I would feel differently about snakes if I was somewhere where anacondas live and one of them was just right there. I would be like, "Ha!" and I would very quickly get out of lunge distance. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. So every everybody's got their own monsters to deal yeah. with, with, you know, real or real or imagined or, you know, real or occasional.
3: House centipedes. You know
2: whether it's a pterosaur or. There you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, you definitely. Yeah, so. You and the house centipede. You're not. I not saved
3: friends. one before I went to Hawaii during the derecho, or not the derecho during the the. No, it was the derecho that yeah. came in. The I remember night you before. telling me about it. I saved it. Yeah, it came up the drain and it was stuck in the sink, and my cat was going to eat it, so I caught it and I put it. In the garage where my potted plants were, so it could catch a ride on the potted plants back outside the next day after the windstorm of death was over. And I only screamed and peed myself a little bit. <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> but after Hawaii, that niceness is gone. <laughs> wow.
3: Eight
0: inch centipede. She, she in ran into a gigantic. Horrifying millipede thing. No, there. it
3: was a giant centipede. It was an eight-inch centipede. Oh, it was a centipede. It was one of the eight. It was yeah. one of the invasive centipedes from Vietnam.
0: Oh, and they're okay. poisonous and nasty.
2: Yeah, um, and I'm. I've I've had a little experience with the large ones like that, and you you try to pick them up with a metal tweezer, and they bite the tweezer, and you hear that you hear mm-hmm. their their little fangs on the metal, and it makes like like fingernails on a blackboard. Ooh. Yeah. Those Ooh. things are evil. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're scary. I
3: mm.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. felt <laughs> everything bad for you, yeah. when you told me that story. has
3: a place in nature and there are no value judgments on animals. <laughs> but those things deserve to all die by fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know, you
2: know. Just be glad they're not eight. Feet
3: I long. am because <laughs> they <laughs> used to be thirty feet long. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, back yeah, back in the in the uh, earlier epics, they used to be gigantic, giant, especially uh, yeah, when there was more uh, oxygen in the atmosphere. I think bugs are all uh, bigger. So
3: I'm cool with giant dragonflies. That would be neat. Giant centipedes are not okay.
0: No, not
3: okay. There's with too that. many legs. Not
0: okay and again, they have that serpentine motion too. I think the, All right, the, quit talking about centipedes, because now I'm thinking about 30-foot centipedes, and they're going to haunt my dreams. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Well, let, let's talk about something harmless. like uh, I found, a, an account that I had never heard of, of a giant turtle in a lake in Indiana and it's called The Beast of Busco.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And the first mention of it is 1898, and then he's not heard of again for a while, but then in 1948, they saw it again in the same lake. Now, I will say, snapping turtles can get awful big. Like... I've seen a female in the wild that could, she was huge. It took two men to carry her. Um, she was up on a hiking trail and she had come up out of the river to bury her eggs higher up on yeah. the, you know, out of the, on the bank of the Green River. And, uh, you know, we're walking and I look over at this tree and I'm like, oh, sex look at that tree trunk. It looks like a turtle. Oh, that's a turtle. Because <laughs> it moved. <laughs> but she was the same color as the tree trunk and the same kind yeah. of gnarliness the, of the bark. And she was cool, but she was huge. So, you know, there were people with kids and dogs on the trail. So, you know, we kind of stood there for a little bit. And, you know, so the people behind us, we were like, hey, there's a turtle over there. Don't you know, don't let your kids or your dog over there. It's a snapper. Um, she's awake, and they were like, "Oh, okay." And then we, you know, we went up the trailhead to the the ranger's office and said, "Hey guys, you need to take her down to the to the river if she's finished laying her eggs or whatever, because she's really, really big."
2: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they do that. They'll they'll move away from water and lay their eggs, and it's um a dispersal mechanism
1: yeah
2: so and the the babies hatch and then they go to all points of the compass and find other waterways yeah so that's so they don't all end up in the same place but uh yeah uh, snappers um where you you uh, said take it this is probably in ohio or something like that i
0: so, know uh, it was in vermont when so, we saw her
2: oh vermont right? okay so you have what they call the common snapping turtle yeah. yeah And they do get big they um 20 25 pounds maybe more i think the record is like 75 pounds but that's pretty unusual yeah. uh but you know that's a big t- a 30 pound snapping turtle is pretty darn big so it's yeah. a lot to handle she was a lot, impressive lot to deal with so
0: she was really really she was yeah. neat and she did look very ancient and and you know prehistoric and they do look primordial you know. yeah they do yeah.
2: They've been around a lo- a long time in that form. They have not changed much in a very long time. many, many millions of years. So
0: But this uh be- and, and
2: go ahead. Yeah, the, go ahead. Oh, I think I was you're leading say, into this, what I was gonna this lead into.
0: beast of Bosco though is supposed to be like a five hundred pound turtle. And I'm I'm kinda like, mm. Yeah, I I've
2: I've seen some things about this. It's um uh, a town in Indiana. Yeah, uh, Ch- yeah. Churubasco, I can't pronounce Churro it right. Bosco. It's up in the northeast corner of Indiana, and uh, yeah, I I saw that um, the accounts gave some measurements, like it was six feet long and five feet wide and weighed five hundred pounds. And since nobody actually caught it, I don't know how they come up with those figures. But what, one of the you, interesting things did you swim uh, out what, with
0: the measuring tape, guys? Yeah, you know, yeah.
2: Well, there's there's an interesting I saw in one of the stories about this, you know, two guys. Uh, well, there's a, a a guy fishing out there, and he 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 sees the turtle, right? Um, and he he's he's on his brother-in-law's farm. He sees the turtle in the in the lake, and he starts making noise. He comes back to the farmhouse. And says, I saw a giant turtle, and everybody's. Apparently, this is the kind of guy that. Nobody would ever believe, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> those things come back to bite you in the butt, you know, when you have that kind of personality. So they didn't believe him. And so later, um, the, the, the farmer is working on his roof and he sees the turtle in the lake. And he's like, holy cow. So he and another fella get in a rowboat and row out of the lake. And the farmer leans over one side and he says, it's over here on my side. And the other guy says, no, it's over here on my side. So that's when they figured out that this thing is extremely large. Yeah. Or that's the story, anyway. Okay. So I don't know where the 500-pound thing comes in, but uh, but that's the thing I see quoted as six feet long, five feet wide, a 500-pound turtle. That is a large my, turtle.
0: My guess is they they estimate from the length and the width and yeah, go talk to a herpetologist. Hey, how much does a snapping turtle weigh that's, you know... A couple feet wide and a couple feet long, and then they yeah. scale up. Yeah, yeah, just like scaling yeah. up a recipe. You, know? <laughs> you just <laughs> just scale up the turtle. <laughs> it's, a, it's a ratio and proportion, and you just yeah. do the math, and there it is. And you get five hundred pounds. Of, but yeah, well, I, and
2: that's that's a big turtle.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. And the I'm trying to remember how many acres the lake was. Something like six. Six acres, twelve acres, something. It was not. Yeah, it huge. wasn't a small lake. It wasn't huge. Uh, but it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't tiny. a pond. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like yeah. When we had snapping turtles in yeah. our ponds, we always knew because you know the ducklings disappeared. So
2: yeah, we knew about that. Exactly. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They love the they love ducks. Uh, it, it's kind of the story It's kind of odd too because apparently. Like you say, in the first sighting or the first known sighting is back in eighteen ninety 1890, eighteen ninety eight or something, mm-hmm. and then then we you know we go forward fifty years, and then uh, apparently there's been a couple other sightings along the way, and people are just kind of like, yeah, yeah, we got a giant turtle, uh, but it's only until the the one in the forties where people start getting all excited about it, and apparently there's huge crowds that came out, and they tried to drain the lake, and uh they sent a diver down and here's the most ridiculous thing i ever heard yeah, of that they did
0: it's, it's it's funny you know what's coming yeah
2: <laughs> they uh, i i have no proof of this but this is in the accounts they brought in a female or allegedly female sea turtle to yep. lure the giant monster turtle out <laughs> out of the water um so i you know i <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the, the logic Let, how, number one, where the heck did they get a sea turtle in you know landlocked Indiana? Or, or, you know, I know a guy, you know <laughs> I'll get you one. I, I don't know how this works. <laughs> I'd like to know more about you know the yeah. you know the logistics of coming up with a sea turtle, and then the, uh, yeah, I mean, look at a sea turtle who what's not the love? this little pull man he'll be.
3: And how uh, do you know it's it, a boy? It, and it's a sea it, yeah. turtle in fresh water. Yeah.
2: yes yes uh goodbye sea turtle poor thing um poor thing i know yeah exactly and Um, she
0: was supposed to be shaking her tail at this thing but what if it was female and i mean i don't know that none of that makes sense that's one of those those clearly a biologist did not come up with this plan you know that was a
2: yeah yeah you know yeah uh just amazing story, and then uh, and then it just disappears, and yeah. nobody, nobody's heard allegedly. Of it nobody since. has seen it since.
3: Um, well, he probably which, saw them sacrifice they, another turtle and went, "Oh, this is not the place for me. This is where turtles go <laughs> to die," <laughs> and decided to move.
0: I'm going to go on the other side of the dimensional gate now. <laughs> I'm I'm sick of yeah. you people.
2: Good golly, uh, a turtle that would. Yeah, that would be the biggest turtle on the planet, pretty yeah. much, I, except for maybe one of the sea turtles. They get pretty big too, but uh, uh, but they have you know ocean water to hold up their weight. A five hundred pound uh, turtle in in a in a lake would have a hard time breathing. Moving. Plus, it's a very deep lake, like Lake Michigan or something, maybe. But a you know a six acre lake is that's not much not much real estate for yeah a turtle that big. So I I don't know. The whole thing is just odd.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: But the fact that they, you know, they had thousands of people that would show up and tromp all over the property and uh, that they tried to drain the lake. Apparently they tried to drain the lake and they, they may have spotted the turtle when they drained the lake, but they still couldn't find it. They had to stop. They couldn't get all the water out of the lake. That's a lot of water to drain, uh, to pump out. Uh, So apparently, uh, but they did spot it at some point during the pumping process. So, Hmm. um, it's just uh it's one of those stories that doesn't it's it's so shaky, all the elements of it are either uh lack sense or or it's just you know they don't hang together very well yeah you know?
0: yeah, and they they wanted a diver to go in, but the equipment that was sent for the diver was the inappropriate equipment because oh, really? you know there's oh, scuba okay. divers all over Indiana. <laughs> In the 1940s, you know, there's, they're just, they're everywhere. They're standing on street corners looking for work. You gotta
2: Think about that. Um, that's, that's, it, was, it was wartime. So yeah, uh, we, we were just developing yeah. scuba gear then, I think the frogmen and all that. Oh, yeah. we got frogmen again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: back in the day, they called them <laughs> frogmen. They should have uh, called
0: up Loveland and like, <laughs> send <laughs> us one of your frogmen. We need so him to talk to a... this, this turtle
2: we <laughs> <laughs> got wrong equipment you got the wrong turtle for bait um the poor oh uh, yeah so i guess i i should
3: this is like an episode I should of keystone modify... cryptids
2: yeah exactly <laughs> you know uh, it's a prequel to lake placid or something uh, yeah but you, you know just just to such odd story but there's there's one thing about this and uh, all these stories something sticks in my mind and the right away the town holds a festival <laughs> yeah. they set up they set up a turtle festival like yep. the next year and so that you know it's like you know point pleasant has the, the mothman festival it with, took them a few decades these, yeah but well, these folks jumped on the festival Idea right away, which which I thought was pretty cool. It's like, oh yeah, well it doesn't really matter if the turtles there or not. Let's just have a turtle festival. So,
0: and, so the yeah. town has
2: sort of wrapped itself around that yeah. that idea. So,
0: which is cool. I, I like that. But yeah, you know, had to go and kill a sea turtle. To do I it. feel really bad <sighs> for
3: that sea turtle and hope that that was some journalistic embellishment. Because otherwise I'm going to be yeah. feeling bad for that sea turtle all night. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not maybe cool natural. having encountered a green sea turtle in the wild completely by accident. Oh. Yeah, I went to, me and my boyfriend went yeah. to Hawaii and I'm just swimming on a beach. There's kids. It's just a normal local beach. Not anywhere special. They've got the signs. Stay away from the sea turtles. I don't swim well and it's the Pacific and the Pacific doesn't play. So I'm where I can stand. And I'm doing my thing, and a sea turtle just pops up about two feet away from me, turns, looks at me, blinks, and, like, just stares. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm sorry. And I jet away because you're not supposed to be that close to them. And so I rem- I just oh. remember telling the turtle, I'm so sorry, bro, and, like, swimming away.
0: <laughs> you're so polite.
2: <laughs> that is turtle talk, though. Yeah. Sorry, bro. <laughs>
0: Yeah. My, bad. My bad. It was beautiful. I've
2: seen Finding Nemo. That's Right, how it yeah. I think
0: I the kid it. me Whoa, like inter
3: like that sunk into child <laughs> me's brain, and that was like this is the core. Yeah, we to watched that, a turtle. that movie
0: a lot when you were a kid. Lots when you were a kid.
2: That's that's an amazing it moment. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, you will never forget I that will moment. Not.
0: It was yeah. beautiful. Uh,
2: I I've snorkeled with a few of them and uh I I just I can still close my eyes and see those turtles, you know.
0: They so are beautiful.
2: It's pretty cool. And again, you're you're going to their you know, you're going to their planet yeah. and you're meeting them halfway. Exactly. And
3: so. politely, hope as politely as I could because Well you said, yeah. That, so <laughs> Yeah. Oh dude. <laughs> because like I didn't want to freak it out. I'm like, I realize I'm in your space. And it was I've never been in a place where sea turtles just pop up right next to you and are like "hi" and you're like "ah." Yeah, yeah, that's that's it great. It was awesome.
2: That's awesome.
3: <laughs> um, we have been talking for an hour and a half though. I just noticed that. It's true. Uh,
2: yeah,
3: yeah. Um,
2: yeah. There's there's so much. I will I will give you yes, one more. I was going to say the, so. Anything the giant turtle. The one, the giant turtle thing, Uh, I go to Peru every year. Uh, I lead some, uh, what we would call a herpetology tour down there, the Peruvian rainforest. I've been doing it since 2011. And uh, so I take tours down there. And uh, one of the things that they have, obviously, they have their local legends down there, too, with certain animals. They have, you know, uh, a a creepy, uh, sort of a creature of the Black Lagoon. A uh, creature that lives in the water, Yakaruna, awesome. uh which is, you know, sh- he shapeshifts and he, uh, he it's sort of a siren element to it. He shapeshifts into a handsome young man and then lures the women into the water where they become his, uh, they transform into aquatic, uh, I don't know, aquatic love slaves or something. <laughs> um, there, but there's I've also seen, this thing called... i uh, seen the color of uh, water.
0: I know how this works.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> but there's also this thing called Mot- Motelo Mama, and uh, Motelo is, is what they, they call them. They have some tortoises down there, uh, but uh, they refer to them as the Motelo. But Motelo Mama is a, a giant tortoise, and there's two different versions of the story on Motelo Mama. One is that that she's large enough that she holds all of the Amazon basin on her back. Oh, wow. Right? And so... And so basically the entire basin is growing on the forest. Everything is growing on her back. And, uh, and most of the time Motelamama is asleep. But when she wakes up uh, and moves, then, you know, the, the Amazon basin shakes, and, you know, like an earthquake type thing. So, so that is sort of, uh, that's one element, which I would call a mythological mm-hmm. element mm-hmm. to the story. And I always, when I hear about that, I always think about Turtle Island, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of, of thing. The North American uh, indigenous people and in the Turtle Island concept. So, but there's another version of Motelamama that's a little smaller and a little more. Um, I want to say personal. Uh, she's also big. She's a giant tortoise. She lives in the rainforest, and she's big enough that plants and trees and other things just have grown on top of her, and so mm-hmm. she's just concealed, and she doesn't move much. Uh, but if you get too close to her, she's an ambush predator. And if you get too close, she snatches That's you That's awesome. Yeah. So there's that version of Botello Mama. I love both is, of these you know,
3: versions, but I think Ambush yeah. <laughs> Predator Botello Mama is the coolest one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I like that story too, so. Uh, that the, the those are the things you hear are they have another one uh uh like a little nomi looking guy or little uh troll uh character down there called the Chuyachaki that lives in the forest and he's kind of a, a gnarly gnarly little guy woodsy guy with um a bald head and uh you know, furry you know fur all over yeah. his body and stuff and it's pretty cool too so I I kind of get a kick out of uh finding out about these you know you know they have sort of the counterparts that we have yeah. and I don't know if you know if, if they have the uh, a Bigfoot, you know we have Bigfoot expeditions and stuff like that. I don't know if they have the counterpart to that down there or not, but uh, I do like hearing about these these crazy things in the
0: in the woods. So,
3: yeah, that's awesome. that's cool.
0: So, I had to write it down. <laughs> I had to write down, Mama. because. Mm. Now I'm going to have to like, Oh yeah. Up stories. I'm definitely doing that too. Because it does remind me of when Sky Woman fell, the Iroquois story or the Algon- Algonquin story where she fell from the yeah. sky and was going to drown. And so these animals and birds came to help her and they were like, Oh, we should dive down into the water and pull oh, up yeah. the, er- pull up some dirt to make a place for her to sit. Cause she can't keep swimming. And so, you know, the otter goes down and the duck goes down and none of them can reach the bottom, so it's the turtle who goes down. It's the snapping turtle. Yeah. And uh, I love that story. brings up the dirt and they build a little island for her and that's where she lives. And that's how people came to be. Because yeah, she's pregnant that's a great story. with twins. And so, that's yes. a wonderful people. story. Yes. Yes. Well, you have anything else you want to talk about?
2: <laughs> well, I'm out of time. <laughs> okay, I think well, uh,
0: I. You can always
3: come uh, back. You can. <laughs> <clears throat> All right,
2: I would. I uh, would love. I would love to come back. Um, I would kind of like, some point, to tell you how I kind of
0: how I ended up on your show. Yeah. Well, you want to. Um, you want to talk about that now? We can do that. <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, Morgana well, I, is I mean, looking at uh, me like mother No, five in the I, I'm just... Mother, stop. <laughs> I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> I <have> to <laughs> we pick on each other. Well, you can tell we we're family. Do.
2: Yeah. I like I like the interplay. Thank God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I would I I'll give you the you know, this is like I told you before the start of the show this is sort of the uh, crossing the rubicon moment for me to you know show up on a, a a paranormal podcast if you will if I may call you that yes. um yeah which i it didn't really you know it's one of those things where there's no going back now it's like uh, you know yeah. oh yeah this is this is what we do now and it and <laughs> um uh, you know, I've been involved with uh, had a career uh, helping people in 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 the world of science. I've uh, been involved with science and herpetology, you know, science, 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 my most of my life. And, uh, and you know, I, I've also had uh, a lot of experiences since I was a, a small child. You know, in you know, things in the house and Barbara and you, you know, we corresponded about the all the crazy lights in our house and things like that in our current house. And so the, those things have sort of been going on, uh, through time, you know, this house, that house, uh, had some outside experiences with lights and, uh, other things. And then, uh, but I, I kind of want to, I want to tell you this because I kind of want to get your take on something that I, because I've, I've never heard anybody, uh, detail something this way. Uh, comes the pandemic and things get a little crazy for everyone um the house we're currently in we have activity in our houses you know kind of ramped up which is probably no surprise to you too <laughs> nutty things happening um shadows and noises and uh things like that and i had um uh like a, a, a like a woodwind instrument like maybe like one of Zach's flutes, uh, you know, playing notes in one room of the house. And so, oh,
1: neat. These, these,
2: yeah, it was, it was just amazing. It was just like, uh, it wasn't a scale, but it was, oh don't know, six or seven notes. You could tell it was, it was sort of like on a, a flute or something similar to that. And it was just uh, came out of the dining room, came, you know, in into the kitchen. I'm in the kitchen. I hear these, these, I'm like, Oh, okay. So stuff like that is just building up and building up. And so I'm, you know, I'm starting to think, you know, what is, what's, what's happening here? Why, why is this happening? Why are, why are we seeing more shadow figures? Why are we, you know, voices? I'm, I'm picking up voices in, in my office where I'm sitting right now, that kind of thing. So we're wondering what does it mean and how this is, well, we're going to move forward with this. And uh went to, went to bed one night and uh, my wife and I typically read before we go to bed, like a lot of people, you know, and, uh, typically, I'm, I read for 10 minutes and then drop off, and she reads for a lot, while longer and then drops off. So same thing. I put my book down and went to sleep. I'd been asleep maybe 10, 15 minutes. And I I had to bolt. I just bolted upright in bed because somebody had, it was like somebody had stuck a trumpet in my ear like a full blast from a, like oh. a trumpet or a coronet with like a kazoo undertone just oh, for no. comedy.
0: Oh no.
2: <laughs> right in my ear, right in my ear. And, and I, so I, I just sat up straight up and you know, I, and it was the WTF, you know, I'm like, what the, and uh, I looked over Nell She's like, well, what's, what's, What's going on? I said, "Didn't you hear this this trumpet noise? It was right in my ear." And she said, "I did hear something over by you. It was like a little bug or a little insect buzzing. I I heard that, and I looked over. I didn't see anything, but what I heard was it was loud enough to bring me right. I mean, right up. I just sat right up. It was just a, incredibly loud in my ear." <laughs> And I explained that to to Nell and and she you know, she's she's very calm about these things and she said, Well, somebody just wants to get your attention. And I I kinda <laughs> it's kinda like, Okay, you have my attention. Um <laughs> I have, you know, it's like could you have been a little more <laughs> subtle? Or maybe subtle wasn't working. So you know, I you tried decided to, you did not
0: respond yeah, as yeah, I wanted to, <laughs>
2: you know, I don't know why, you know, so whatever's going on, whoever this, or whatever this is, they have my complete attention now. And I, you know, but it's also sort of that, again, that line where many things happen to people and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can deal with that. I can deal with the voices or whatever it is. You know, people have things that happen. and They see lights in the sky, Yeah. You know. You incorporate it, you move on, but after this, it was sort of like the idea of, well, the world is really not <laughs> what I thought it was <laughs> it's it's you know there are it is not necessarily just about passive events like a light in the sky or you know something like that, or you know footsteps on you know you know up the stairs or something. Uh, this is a what i would call a, a an interactive moment that's it just sort of like that was like it okay okay here we go um and now it and then from that point on it's like well i don't you know i i can't think of the world in any other way in in, in the same way ever yeah. again you know it's i don't exactly know what's going on maybe i'll never know but i i sure know things that are not what i thought they were
3: I love that your perceptual walls got knocked down by a trumpet kazoo because it's
0: a trumpet zoo. It's so Yeah.
3: It's so biblically allegorical and then the kazoo's thrown in just to be like the trickster part of the phenomena to make it silly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And oh yeah, and too, you know, this happened and I sat up in bed and then the 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 cold electric thing passes to oh main, too. I oh that.
0: yeah that
2: so, you know the big cold electric thing that just you feel you know like like you're crackling with static electricity yep. and Tingly. the temperature drops
0: yeah
2: Who? i forgot about that part so and that's actually happened a couple times since but the, the horn has never happened of course the next night you know it's time for bed it's like um is it gonna happen <laughs> again um, exactly what exactly instrument are you me- gonna
0: use this time <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Please, no two. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, nothing else has happened. But uh, so maybe, you know, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. Maybe I'm supposed to uh, think about things differently. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure what they want me to do.
3: Um, but
2: it, it's, you know, we've moved, we've moved to the interactive portion of our program. Yeah,
3: here. yeah. I tend to not try and think about what they want me to do Uh, because then I have to do it (laughs) and then they're going to want me to do it all the time. And I'm just like, no. So what I do is I basically, I give presents, I give offerings and I'm like, Hey man, here's your stuff we cool and I go about my day and I try. I mean, I know I have a paranormal podcast and all, but in a lot of ways I try very hard to accept that this is a part of my life and it's a big part of my life, but I also don't stare at it intently because Uh. it happens so frequently. It's going to happen no matter what I do, but I feel like if I look at it too hard, for too long, it starts looking back harder and longer, and it increases the amount of activity. And so I give, I, I bribe them. I bribe them. That's what I do. <laughs> I bribe them and, and uh, go back inside when I start seeing UFOs outside. I like see them. It happens. It goes away. I'm like, all right. I don't. Need, I don't need to smoke another cigarette for like five more hours. Cause just no. I'm good. <laughs> and I just go back inside.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you used we're to talking call about, me. Like,
2: uh, <laughs> Oh, okay. But you're you're talking about like offerings, like like somebody would make to the to the household. Yeah. Or, exactly. Yeah. Uh, milk, milk yeah, or tobacco that's or exactly something. what yeah.
3: I do and oh, I do think of them as household things a lot of them um, at least the stuff in the house seems like a household thing and so I treat it like one and I give it like food and alcohol and tobacco and shiny things they like shiny things
0: Sugar, sugar, like sugar. butter
2: interesting but I think, Barbara, I think you have heard you talk about this too, and the, the fact that uh, once you start once you start uh, making offerings, you better not mm-hmm. stop. No.
0: <laughs> no, It has to become part of your life uh, because you will irritate them if you stop. One of the things I thought was really interesting about that story is your wife heard a buzz. Yeah, and yeah. you heard the trumpet. That's common. That's extremely common with this sort of thing where one person will hear the message, which was the trumpet. And the other person will hear the sound of buzzing insects like bees or a mechanical sound of buzzing. Yeah.
2: The bees. That's right. That's right. You've talked about this Mm -hmm. before.
0: It happened with the uh, children at Fatima that the adults that's, who that's would right. gather around them and it's happened in other cases too but that's the most famous one but the when adults started coming with them to the to the cove uh where they saw her the little cave and the children were listening to her the adults never heard anything but the sound of buzzing like insects or bees you know one person i think it was one of the mothers said it sounded like bees and that is just there's so much going on in that symbolically and mythically that it, huh. i just you know look up bees and mythology and you, you will get you know then honey and life yeah it will it will come inundate your brain but it is interesting that she heard something. Yes. But it wasn't the message for her. And I like how she was so blase but yeah, I heard something buzzing. It was like a, a bug. And I looked over there and I didn't see anything. So I went back to reading. And then you jumped out of bed.
2: <laughs> I guess somebody wants to get your attention. Yeah. yeah. You know, so she has that, what are they French called? The sung frog? Yes. You know, she has a,
0: <laughs> she's just, meh.
2: She's just, you know. <clears> these uh, things happen. really gets to her. Yeah.
3: And they um, do. Um, but it's not a bad attitude to have, honestly. <laughs> because these yeah. things do happen. Yeah. And if they've been happening in your life and they're continuing to happen in your life, it's a lot easier to just be like, well, that happens, than to panic about it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Well, and the... she's kind of an old hand at this kind of stuff, too. Yeah. So it's not like her first rodeo. Like...
3: Yeah, so some of stuff like stuff. I've had glowing yellow rectangular slit-pupiled eyes above my head at three in the morning when I was reading on my Kindle, and I got up to pee and turned, and they were hovering over my head, and they were about four inches by two inches, pair of glowing eyes, and I just sighed heavily, pulled the blanket over my head, and went back to reading. <laughs>
0: don't have time okay. for you right now
3: <laughs> because I'm like it, wow. and I said okay. aloud I'm like it is three in the yep. morning go away
2: wow. okay <laughs> okay okay I like it yeah I, I I wasn't I have to say I wasn't frightened good no I w- I was I was just and I'm still not you know I wasn't shaken or I was what it was the right word yeah I was surprised and maybe shaken but I was not frightened by any of it yeah. Uh I'm still not well I've never actually been frightened of anything that's that happened it's probably but,
3: not negative. But
2: uh yeah, but cuz I feel like, you know, I'm not being harmed but uh but I like your attitude and maybe you know, I <laughs> that's worth it's worth considering. So. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> it is is three in the listen, morning. I yeah.
0: I need to sleep now. We can talk tomorrow. Just, yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. It's not like it's a bear exactly. or something yeah, that I'm really yeah, scared exactly. of. Exactly.
0: It's not going <laughs> to eat you. <laughs> Yeah, and that—that so. that is, I mean, there are accounts of people being harmed in various ways by various different manifestations. I'm not saying those things never happen; they do, but they don't seem to be consider frequent. the amount of other th- times that nobody's particularly harmed. Yeah. So yeah.
2: it's not like on TV where everybody's a you know everything's a, a demon. Yeah. Or oh my god! Um, I just finished uh,
0: watching yeah. that. Uh, 28 Days Haunted or Haunted 28 Days. Oh, my goodness. Fox just looked at me and said, Mom, these people need, like, a witch squad, like, to show up and teach them how to, like, protect themselves. You know? It's like, no wonder you're worried about being possessed because you're walking in here. You're not even putting a salt circle. What kind of... What is this? You can't just go in and do stuff like that. What... Oh. I was like what Ma- I always
2: think too, it's like well you you're the folks bringing it up what do you what do you think's gonna happen now? yeah, <laughs> you're bringing it up, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah, it may not be your intention, but it's on your mind, yeah. so
3: and our minds so would probably shape the phenomena a little bit, so
2: you're a, better you off not being afraid, yeah, yeah. so. Uh, maybe tonight I'll get a trumpet. Yeah, knows, but, uh, well, uh, you do, if
0: you do, you can always just send you, an email. If
3: you do, contact us <laughs> and also try being like bros. It's three in the morning.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like the bro thing too. I'm gonna throw that in there because it's it's sort of the counterpart of the come at me bro stuff. You know.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. just like bro. It's, it's the
2: nice bro. Bro, yeah. bro.
3: it's like three a.m. Yeah. Like we can Dude. talk in the morning. Yeah.
2: That's
0: right.
3: Because it is like good the... to have. If you can have boundaries with this sort of
0: thing, yeah, definitely, it helps. That's, <laughs> that's uh, you can't just wander around being open to everything. It's not, it's not good. Like it, it it's a lot of it is completely out of your control.
3: Like I'll be straight right. up. Yeah. Like I can't tell UFOs to go away. They they don't. They mock yeah. me, and just show up. Um, but you can. You can roll over and pull the blankets over your head. And go, I'll talk to you in the morning. And dude. be like, I will deal with you later. Because, yeah, okay, no. And unless, if it escalates, if you ignore it, then maybe don't ignore it all the time. But you can also just try bribery, try reasoning. Um,
0: Sounds like we're talking about toddlers. We but basically are. <laughs> there's a there's some truth to that, you know the ones that that are trying to to get your attention, yeah, some of them are like that. They're just like that. They're tricksy. <laughs> they're yeah. tricksy, yeah. and I think they get bored. yeah, they do. I think so.
2: I can see that. Uh, I you know it's it's um it, it's it's kind of um. When i when I step back and look at it 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 it's there's a it's kind of wonderful in a way because it, if you and like you say you know you don't want to be completely open to it but it but you can be open to the idea
1: mm-hmm.
2: that that like I say the world is is not what you think it is or some portions of the world are not what you think they are and mm-hmm. some things coexists with the uh, Within the reality that you thought you yeah. had, so yeah, um, you know, uh, I'm I'm just sort of uh, I, I don't want to say rejoicing in it, but it's like okay, well, uh, this is this is what we're doing. Yeah, now. So, that's a good yeah, that's yeah. a good okay. way
3: to be with it. Yeah, like yeah. this is
0: my yeah. life now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, giving butter yeah. to the world at three in the morning. Is my life now. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> oh, boy! Oh well, thank you so much. I appreciate thank you. your support
0: yeah. Yeah. thank you for coming and you know, like if you want to talk you know other stuff sometime, you can come back. We would love to have You've got you. my email love to
3: and love if you're to. ever in Ohio, stop love by. I'm serious. I'll make you curry
0: yeah, yeah.
2: awesome, thank you. appreciate you it. you are
0: right. very, very welcome. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you.